Hello, Sarah. Hello, Kim. How's it going? Oh, it's Friday. I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah. How about yourself? I'm relieved. This was a week. Yes. You know, some weeks are just tougher than others. And this week hit me really hard. I actually feel like it was secretly three weeks and it was just masquerading as one week. Mm, maybe it was. I mean, like it, you know, February is so small that, <laughs> or so short that maybe we, you know, did feel like something happened there. But on like Wednesday, I was like, God, I'm so glad it's Friday. My husband was like, oh, do I tell her? Do I tell her? Do I not tell her? <laughs> um, so by the time it actually hit Friday, now I'm, I'm ready to Friday hard. Okay. All right. Yes. Well, let's and start. That recording. That's Our recording, a, yes. A great part about Friday. So we don't have any guests, sadly, today, but we still, uh, looks like we have a lot to talk about. And we a do. lot of it is around our favorite subject, women. Yay! We were so excited to talk to you last month about Black History Month, which is an event and celebration and gathering of materials and resources and joy that we feel so strongly about. And so now that it's March, we get to talk about another celebration and recognition event that we love, which is, I'm drum rolling. Women's History Month. Kim, tell us a little bit about the history of Women's History Month. In 1981, apparently Congress passed a law, yes, which authorized... <laughs> Congress does do that sometimes. <laughs> what do they do? Oh, yes, every, they pass laws. Every now and again. Which authorized the celebration of a week, Women's History Week. And then things went on and every, you know, few years or so more, more and more added. And then um, it became a month. And this is in the United States. So this is a United States thing. Oh, that's good to know. So that's, this is only a nationally recognized month. That's not international. Yes. Although there is another thing we'll talk about later that's international. Oh, okay. I had no idea that Women's History Month existed until I think a year or two ago. Someone kind of plopped it in my lap and I was like, wait, there's a month and I'm not celebrating it. I need to make up for lost time. So I just think this is the coolest and I love it. As a librarian, you have the opportunity to highlight events and causes that you enjoy in your space. And I loved making Women's History Month displays. And a question that is really important and is being broadcast more widely is, is your Women's History Month celebration, the resources that you're sharing, the way you're observing, is it centered on only white women? I think specifically in the United States, this is a trap that we can fall into because those are the resources that are available and that's the history that we were taught and we tend to learn about white figures and so we teach about white figures. And so spending a little bit of extra time making sure that your Women's History Month resources especially if you're an educator or you're talking to kids about this celebration, if you can make it more inclusive, then that can be a real game changer for the young people who are looking up and learning from you. Kim, I remember you used to have these beautiful posters on the wall of the computer science lab that were colorful and inclusive and featured women in STEM. Yep. And we have a link to that. And uh, I believe that was Anna that uh, turned me on to those posters. And that brings me to... There's, there's a really important definition I want to share in case this isn't a term that you're familiar with, intersectional feminism. So feminism is probably a term that you've heard before. And so when we celebrate Women's History Month, but center the narrative exclusively on white women in history, that is feminism that's not intersectional. It only features one particular type of woman and one particular group. 
And so intersectional feminism, I stole this definition from dictionary.com. Intersectional feminism is a movement recognizing that barriers to gender equality vary according to other aspects of a woman's identity, including age, race, ethnicity, class, ability, and religion, and striving to address a diverse spectrum of women's issues. Have to put a little asterisk in there and say that I added the word ability because I feel that the definition was lacking that. But when you are looking at your resources, your reading, if you are diving into Women's History Month, think about whether what you're taking in and what you're teaching is intersectional. Does it feature different facets of a woman's identity? Do you have a diverse group of characters? Is it inclusive? It's a great opportunity to do that. And Kim, you were saying you had experienced a movie recently that showed some intersectional feminism, right? Yes. So I watched Moxie um, yesterday, which is a new movie from Amy Poehler. And it's about a young, it's actually based on a um, young adult novel called Moxie. I don't know if you've um, heard of it before, but it's uh, centered on a 17-year-old high school girl who, you know, pretty much flies under the radar, but she's going to a high school where the first day they get to school, there's this list that's shared over social media about, you know, who has the best ass, who has the best, you know, basically ranking women, right, on attributes and other things like that. And um, of course, you know, she's disturbed by this, but she just, you know, tries to fly under the radar. But a new girl comes to school and starts getting, having to deal with this football star that's being uh, very racist and misogynistic and things like that. And it awakens this desire in the girl to, you know, do something. And then she finds her mom in uh, when she was a high schooler did, you know, these things called zines mm-hmm. where you, uh, you know, have writing and it's kind of all wild and crazy, but it's also very, you know, a little bit subversive. And so she starts creating a zine called Moxie that she leaves in the girl's bathroom about all the, you know, these things that are um, happening that are impacting, especially the women in this community. And when she's talking to her mom about it, her mom was like, yeah, you know, we made a lot of mistakes when we were doing things. And one of them that is that we weren't intersectional enough. And the story is based in the lens of a white, you know, teenager. And so there are aspects of the journey where she also gets her eyes open to ways that she's not being intersectional. So, you know, I think it, again, it is based on a, a story from a white person's perspective, but at least it starts acknowledging that there are these other perspectives that she needs to take into consideration. I didn't realize until you started talking about the zines. I have read the book that this movie is based on and it's great. It was one of my favorite books of the year when I read it. I think that was maybe 2017. We will put the link to the novel in our resource page because Moxie is a fantastic book. I, I will probably be picky about the movie because I liked the book so much. <laughs> Yeah, but, yeah, but it it was a great novel, and uh, sounds like the movie was was pretty good as well. And you know, there's something to be said for a movie that or a story that recognizes, hey, we're only telling this from one perspective, and this is this narrative is centered on a white voice, and that's okay because we're letting you know that there's more to look at, and that you should do some digging yourself. You know, there's nothing wrong with telling the story of a white girl. Uh, you just have to know that there are other things out there and make space for other stories too. That reminds me that Women's History Month, some people kind of fall into this pattern of thinking Women's History Month is so important for girls. 
they know what they can be and what they can do. So true. I'm going to argue that it might be more important for boys to hear what women can do and should do and have done. (laughs) Women's History Month is not just for girls. It's for all genders. It is for all humans. Number one, it's our history. (laughs) So the women that did amazing things in history, the accomplishments that they have made do not only impact women. (laughs) We all live in this present day world that has been built by figures from history. I definitely agree that boys and men need to be part of celebrating Women's History Month. And Mm -hmm. the boyfriend in this movie is actually very cathartic in the way he is supportive and um, everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, we can fall into the trap of girl books and boy books and uh, girl toys and boy toys. All books, all toys, all stories are for all humans. So Women's History Month is for all humans. And uh, this is our call for all humans to participate. Yay! Yay! And coming up next week. Yeah, so speaking of all, all people, there is an International Women's Day, which is on March 8th. And it was started by the United Nations as a way to recognize, again, to celebrate how far women have come but also to recognize how far that there is still to go. Mm. So for instance, legal restrictions keep 2.7 billion women from accessing the same choice of jobs as men. Wow. I know. Less than 25% of parliamentarians were women as of uh, 2019. And one in three women experience gender-based violence. So, you know, these are pretty huge deals that are affecting equity and equality and everything. So uh, there is a a United Nations goal. One of the goals is gender equity by 2030, which when they first said it, you know, seemed like it was super far out there. But now it's like, we got nine years now to get this right. (laughs) Put the pedal to the metal. We're losing time. (laughs) Oh, well, I, and I see you listed some hashtags there. I love watching social media on day events like this and seeing what people post and share. And I'll be watching those hashtags on International Women's Day because I I find so many new figures to follow and be inspired by and hear so many cool stories and the resources that can be exchanged on social media when everybody is talking about the same thing. It's really incredible. So I I look forward to following those. Yep. And then also on March 8th. Big day March 8th. I know is the start of MozFest. And last year, not last year, but the last time MozFest happened in 2019, we were there. Um, That was really awesome. Obviously, things have changed and uh, it's all online, which I had always, when I went to MozFest, I was always pressing the organizers, why don't we offer a way to have people connect remotely? Because this is such an awesome experience, right? And I'd love to have more people participate. So unfortunately, a pandemic finally <laughs> caused that to happen. Someone up on high heard you and they were yeah. like, well, how about here? <laughs> so um, it is all virtual now and it's pay what you can. So, you know, it's very affordable and there's so many awesome sessions. And so I highly encourage you to check it out. I think it's running over actually over a couple of weeks. So you don't have to get, you know, in into it right on uh, March 8th, but here are just a couple of sessions I've already signed up for. 
One is exploring coding stitching culture, mm. which, um, you know, I have this embroidery machine now that I've really been wanting to code patterns with. And that's what this is going to be all about. So finally, I'm going to, you know, get, get going with that. And another one's called Women and Girls Use Computers, Men and Boys Love Them. So it's going to be all about how we can make uh, computing and computer science more interesting and accessible, which obviously is one of my passions. Yeah. My experience with MozFest is that they have been very intentionally intersectional in all facets. It's a really inclusive, diverse, vibrant conference. I've been to a few tech conferences where I, as a small woman with purple hair, kind of stick out like a sore thumb and everybody kind of assumes that I'm like a babysitter. And (laughs) at MozFest, I was like, oh, these are my people. I never, I felt at home and like I could learn and grow and make mistakes and be an expert and everything all at once. It's a really magical conference. Yeah, it really is. And it it is, you know, I've been many years and it has really impacted my growth as a human, frankly, you know, it's where I learned a lot of these things that are, you know, like intersectionality and just all sorts of things that I really wasn't on my radar before. And, you know, at a tech conference, go figure. Yeah, I learned a lot about bias in the internet from MozFest. It was something I had never thought about before. But I mean, if we're talking about women in tech, you've got to talk about who's writing the code that's running our devices, who's writing the code that's running our artificial intelligence. And MozFest is working hard to make sure that that table is not all filled with white men, not because white men aren't talented, but because when you only have one perspective in the room, that one perspective is what runs the technology. And that is both a letdown. We won't get everything that we could out of that technology if there had been more diverse perspectives behind it, but it's also dangerous. And MozFest really opened my eyes to how important it is to have those intersectional perspectives behind our tech. It's something I hadn't thought of before. Yeah. And I think another thing about it, even though it's a tech conference, they are all about accessibility and making communication clear. Mm -hmm. And so for instance, uh, a big theme running through the conference this year is going to be artificial intelligence, which, you know, is a pretty technical topic, right? And could be off-putting to folks who don't think that they know enough about it or that they're interested in it. But I guarantee you, you're going to hear things about AI that are impacting your life right now or will impact your life soon that you're going to wish you knew about. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, I I have no formal technology experience. I am a librarian. I spend most of my days reading picture books, or at least I did at the time. And last year, I went to a panel about bias and artificial intelligence that I still think about all the time. (laughs) So it is very beginner friendly if you choose the right sessions and it'll blow your mind. Yep. We could write a love letter to MozFest all day. We could. I'm so sad that it's not a physical one this year, but I love that more people will get to attend because it's virtual. Well, it looks like you have some books to talk about. I have some resources because that's my jam. I love sharing resources. First, if you are looking to educate a young person about Women's History Month, and like me, you are not perhaps an artist that can whip up a display easily on your own, There are a couple of sets of posters that we are going to share super easy. They're free. You can print them, slap them up, automatic conversation starter and display. 
There are the posters celebrating women role models in science, technology, and math that we mentioned earlier that Kim had on the wall of her CS lab. And then there is a set of Women's History Month posters from the Book Wrangler. I've mentioned the Book Wrangler before. He is such a great designer. He's so creative. He creates really fabulous materials for educators. And he created a set of posters that are beautiful. They're really nice to look at. They get kids super curious and they feature the kind of a faceless figure of each woman with her name on it. Aesthetically, they're beautiful. And I find that kids love to touch and interact and play with them. And so I printed them out and put them on the wall of my classrooms and libraries before. I sometimes make short bios of the women to hang next to the pictures and the kids like to stand and read. He updates them every year because he is so incredibly generous with his talents. And this year he added Kamala Harris. I believe that people have requested Amanda Gorman. So they added Amanda Gorman and this set is, is really great. So if you're interested in an easy way to spruce up your space and get conversations going, both of those will be linked. And as I've mentioned before, the best way to start a conversation with a kid is to read to them and let them ask questions about the book. So when it comes to an event like Women's History Month or Black History Month, where you wanna talk about a lot of people within a shorter period of time, an anthology is a great way to do that, especially ones that are written specifically for kids. They tend to have a different person on every page or page spread. So it's small bite-sized pieces of information. Most of them have beautiful pictures. And then your kid will remember the ones that are the most interesting to them. They'll stick in their head after story time is over and you can dive in and research more about those figures together. So like an encyclopedia, it gives you a tiny taste of a lot of different things. And then kids will self-select what interests them the most. So I gathered a few anthologies that you might be interested in and I'll put together some links so these are easy to find. Uh, there's the mega popular Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. And this has become a whole series there's Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls 2, there's Rebel Girls Lead, there's Rebel Girls Explore. I think that's one I may have made that up. <laughs> These Well, it definitely should exist if it doesn't. <laughs> we'll, we'll be on it. These were constantly checked out and on hold in the library. Kids just love them. They're beautiful and easy to read. There's Little Leaders, Bold Women in Black History, and Little Dreamers, Visionary Women Around the World. Vashti Harrison is an unbelievably talented illustrator. And she wrote these books as well. They feature women who get ignored in a lot of our celebrations of women in history. So she brings some new stories to the forefront and the illustrations, kids are so, so, so drawn to them. I know that Little Leaders has Black history in the title, but as we know, Black history should not be contained to February and is important and should be shared all year long. So what a perfect way to extend it into March. There's an anthology called Herstory, which I thought was so cute, not history, history. You get it? Mm -hmm. huh? I got it. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> That's another anthology. That one's a little more text heavy, but it's really fun for kids to look through. Girls think of everything, stories of ingenious inventions by women. Women don't always get portrayed as inventors and scientists. And so that's a great way to highlight the fact that women in history have invented all sorts of amazing things. And just because you haven't heard the stories doesn't mean it hasn't happened. Uh, Women Who Dared, 52 stories of fearless daredevils, adventurers, and rebels. Another portrayal that we don't always get of those women as daredevils and adventurers. So that one's very cool. And then way back in an early episode, we talked about women in science. 
50 fearless pioneers who changed the world, but that one's so good that I had to mention it again. So there are tons of anthologies like this. These are just a few that I have kind of gone on a test drive with kids and know that they are really, really loved by readers. So if you're looking to share some Women's History Month facts with your young readers, give some of those anthologies a try. You can't go wrong. I would say that they're good even for not kids. <laughs> like I think, you know, even as adults, I learn about women that I never heard of before uh, oh, because yeah. these raise them up. So yeah, I think I always assume that all grown-ups read children's literature because it's the <laughs> best kind of literature. But the, I thank you for saying that. Books are for everyone. I don't know if I mentioned that before. I'll mention it 50 more times. Books are for everyone. Read whatever you want, whenever you want. It's lovely. And this is a professional librarian telling you that. I have a master's in library science. Read what you want, when you want. There you go. Woo-hoo, there we go. Awesome. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so so my obsession with uh, uh, dystopian novels that feature strong female but teenage characters is okay (laughs) oh my gosh it's more than okay when the hunger games hits us you are going to be the one that knows exactly what to do because you've read everything you need (laughs) there we go there there's hoping (laughs) but hoping no 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 such dystopian future (laughs) so everybody run to kim's house if there's ever a natural disaster she will have a crossbow and an embroidery machine and we'll be good Awesome. Well, I uh, love all these resources that we've shared, and I hope you will get something out of them too. Again, we'd love to hear from you. I know we know that there's definitely some of you out there because we see the numbers, but we don't know who you are. So we'd love to know. Talk to us. We'd love to hear from you and get some new guests on the show. So please reach out. All right. Well, until next time. Tech, love, and happiness.